Fantasy Tragics with your hosts Mike, Aaron and Big Max. Yes, here we are with the week 16 review and for many this week decided the Fantasy Super Bowl contenders. Welcome in and thanks for joining us. We are the Fantasy Tragics. I'm Mike and with me each and every week is Big Max. And Max, let's just get something out of the way straight off the bat here. Did you get coopered over the weekend? Did Amari Cooper destroying fantasy hopefuls in one fell swoop happen to you? I was not coopered over the weekend. Neither was I, thank goodness. But boy, holy moly. The dreams he would have destroyed. We don't need to go into it too much right now because I I noticed that he he may be popping up in the hero section later on. But the, the reality of destroying dreams by that one player hurts right that's got to hurt it happens a few i'd have to go back and check but it feels like it happens every christmas it's shades of um do you remember probably four years ago alvin kamara had a five touchdown game on christmas i i I got that memory uh pop up on uh on instagram or something it was just like this day and i was like that's right yeah and it just it throws all of the projections out the window. You've been tracking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Amari Cooper broke some hearts. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit more about that, but we'll, we'll probably save that for later on because I think I think he could go the other way. No, let's, let's crack into it right now. I think by him posting these points really opens the door for him to just tank next week. Like... I'm not. I'm not willing it. I'm not wishing it. Um, but I. I think the idea of like, uh, just from boom to bust, that the Browns have that in them, and Amari Cooper has that in them. The the flying high, obviously. I'm I'm riding the wave with Najoku and and um and my main and home league, and I'm loving the Flacco Najoku hookup. Um, Cooper's obviously hugely benefiting from Flacco as well, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I'd be nervous if I uh, if I had Cooper. I mean, it would take just balls of steel, but I think there'd be a really strong argument to bench Cooper next week because he that would take some nuts. Yeah, I've got a backup here, so we can talk about it now. He put up fifty one and a half points this week. It's crazy. That's significantly more than double what he's put up in any other week this year. And next week he's playing the Jets. Oh, the Jets. Okay, okay. Yeah. Mm. Now the Jets have been a little, you know, while their defensive has been their, uh, I guess that that foundation that the team's been rocking on, they have let up some points lately. Not um, to wide receivers though. Source Gardner yeah. traveling with the number one receiver has been giving up nothing. Yeah. Here's the thing. I would probably still play him because Flacco isn't not going to throw. The 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 Browns aren't going to change their game plan, right? They're going to continue how how they're playing. Yeah, they absolutely are. I mean, they sh- they should change their game plan. Game plan. Though. The should, Jets' they- defense, you can run on them. But yep. Joe Flacco, he's he's a proper gunslinger. But so I've just pulled up the stats, and this is from CBS, so I don't know what the settings are. The Jets are giving up an average 
of 11 fantasy points a game to the entire wide receiver position. That is not many, no. That's pretty miserly. Yes. Yeah, that's that's some staunch defense there from them, yeah. At no point, holy crap, they've given up four passing touchdowns all year to wide receivers. Yeah, okay. Well, again, this is this is, uh, and this is what I was thinking even before knowing they were going against the Jets. the The idea of being sucked in, sucked into the points that Amari scored, it's it's dangerous. You can't you can't be banking on. And I don't think anyone's banking on another fifty points from him. But man, oh, it's a it's a tough it's a tough decision. It's a real it's, tough decision. It's such a nasty thing to have happened in the semi and not the final. Mm. Because I've, <laughs> I don't think Amari Cooper carried anyone into the playoffs particularly. No. Like there's, there's a lot of fifth, sixth seed playoff teams who just won a semi on the back of Amari Cooper mm. and are now going to be playing the first seed in the final and are going to get stomped. Yeah. Yep, that we we could we could see that happen, and I'm look, uh, Max. I'm going to put it out there. I'm really hoping that does happen uh, in my home <laughs> league. Uh, I am going up against Murray Cooper uh, next week, and uh, I I had a fantastic uh, fantastic win to to make the Super Bowl. In fact, it has been a great weekend for me, an absolute stonking week. I had three chances of making uh, Super Bowls, and all three have come off. Uh, obviously, a huge congratulations to yourself as well. Uh, based on the fancy tragics, we are into the Super Bowl um, next week, so that's that's super exciting. Um, and then, uh, yes, my my home league, and then another league. So uh, it it has been a phenomenally good uh, Christmas Christmas weekend for me. Uh, yourself, how did how did the fantasy shape up for you? Uh, I, to be honest, I didn't really have much on the line this weekend. I was in the final of that dynasty league where i really should have been kicked out on a stat correction so i lost that one thank goodness really because yeah yeah that felt like the right result for everyone by you not winning and yeah yeah i agree with that yeah and the other the only other league that was in action was the the fantasy tragic team which obviously won because they always do um i have to say it's it's been a hell of a fantasy year for you to have fired up a podcast yeah right yeah making the making the fantasy super bowl in three out of your five leagues it sounds like you know what you're talking about yeah it does doesn't it yeah (laughs) on the back of a couple of very very poor seasons um of uh, yeah a couple of wooden spoons in fact uh in different leagues so no look um if 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 it means uh, i need to do a podcast every year to be making super bowls then uh, strap yourselves in because we're uh, we've got decades of this to come. All right, well let's uh, let's kick into some of the uh, some of the real action from uh, from this week, and we can uh, get into our our own results as well. Um, quickly, the in-game injuries is um, just a couple here to to note. Uh, Waddle left the game with a high ankle um, sprain. Uh, looks like he is out for next week. Uh, Cortland Sutton, uh, I believe he's in the concussion protocol. And then we've got TJ Hawkinson out with a knee injury as well and highly unlikely for next week. So uh, just a couple of those uh, players that are fantasy worthy. 
Now, we mentioned it uh, just before, the Team Fantasy Tragics. It's a victory lap uh, Tuesday for us here. Uh, Team Fantasy Tragic gets uh, the win, 136.32 to 120.30, and that will secure our spot in next week's Fantasy Super Bowl. Um, look, Max, once again, it was our wide receivers that secured the win for us. Um, and joining that stable for the first time in the Fantasy Tragics was Justin Jefferson. I'm so glad he went off after trading for him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If he had continued to be dogged by injury after we traded away Brees Hall to get him, mm. I would have felt very, very sour heading into the playoffs. But it looks like the man is back. Yep. Yep. I'll, uh, I, I have Justin Jefferson as my hero of the week, and I will go into a few details about him very soon. Uh, running through uh, the team that we did roll out for this week, week 16 matchup, Matt Stafford, 20 points. Uh, Zaheer White, we ended up playing over Jacobs uh, due to his injury, 14 points. Uh, Williams, 16 points. Mike Evans, 27 points. Justin Jefferson, 26 points. Uh, Trey McBride, 9 points. Tyreek Hill, 18 points. Dustin Hopkins, our kicker, who left the game injured, uh, only 2 points. And the Bengals defense, 1 point there. So we can't say that everyone did it for us, but like I said, the uh, the wide receiving core really came to a front. Um, we probably need to play some waiver wire action here to cover some injuries and, and obviously I'd say probably pick up another defense. Yeah, 100%. Alex, if you're listening, don't you dare block our defense picks on the waiver wire. Otherwise, yeah, we've got, we need a new kicker. We need a new defense. I I haven't yet looked to see who's out there. Um, and I don't know if I want to talk about it in a public forum. No, I was going to say friend of the show, Alex, who we will be meeting in the uh, Super Bowl in this league, uh, is also in another Super Bowl uh, in your home league. So he's had a, a very successful season as well. Um, and we are very aware that he listens every week. So we will not be talking about strategy and we will just be talking about the victory next week on this show, I think is probably the safest bet. Just quickly, it was an interesting week there uh, based on the Josh Jacobs um, situation, right? Uh, he was in the late game, is that correct? He was in the he was playing on the Tuesday slate. I think Chiefs, Chiefs Raiders kicked off the, the Tuesday morning games, so correct. you had almost no pivot options. Yeah, it made it very tricky, and uh, I saw this in, a, in another matchup that I was up against where, unfortunately, the... Uh, uh, the manager didn't swap out Josh Jacobs in time uh, due to other commitments. Uh, and congratulations to the birth of your second uh, child there. Um, but uh, that worked in my favour, um, <laughs> which is a tough way to lose a, a fantasy semi-final, uh, forgetting to change your lineup due to a birth of a child. But yeah, the the Josh Jacobs situation would have left many in a in, in a quandary as far as pivoting because we were looking at putting uh chandler in correct mm-hmm. thank goodness we didn't yes but you you came to the front um i mean we could have played zeke who scored 21 points on our bench but i don't think we were ever going to do that again the, the difficulty with josh jacobs is that he was he was a positive questionable 
if you know what I mean. Like he was on Thursday, he was expected to play. On Friday, he was expected to pr- play. He didn't practice Saturday. On Sunday, he became a game time decision. Like, he just and by the time you were confident you weren't going to have Josh Jacobs, everybody else had already played. Exactly. Yeah. He but he hadn't practiced all week, but that didn't stop everyone being positive on him. Yeah. It's like, oh man, this is yeah. Look, it worked out in our favor. We were able to pivot, and uh, the pickup of White uh, really, you know, great. Hats off to you, Max, for for doing that fantastic move there. Alrighty, I think uh, I think we just uh, put a put a full stop on that, and uh, we'll uh, we'll come back next week to give the full breakdown on the uh, fancy tragics Super Bowl uh, Super Bowl game. Uh, I, I have to say I'm extremely happy that we've made the Super Bowl. I think it's it's been an amazing season. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to heroes of the week. Oh, look, I'll, I'll kick it off, Max. I've already uh, mentioned him, uh, and I couldn't be happier. It was Justin Jefferson. Uh, he's in all three of my Super Bowl-bound teams, and I can honestly say playing him was very nerve-wracking. Uh, with the mid-season injury and then a few shaky starts on the return, Jefferson owners needed him to step up this week, and he delivered with the second-best performance of the year, six receptions, 141 yards, one touchdown, scoring 26 fantasy points. The starting QB for the Vikings, Mullins, has zero respect for keeping hold of the ball, and that could be a whole episode in itself. But for now, what he does do is he does throw the rock and lets his receivers go up and contest for it, and that is a huge win for Jefferson right now. Yeah. that w- Nick Mullins was probably my biggest fear for Jefferson because the guy just hates having possession of the football. The, uh, over the last two weeks, the footage of him midway through a sack sort of trying to do a netball pass to get the ball out of his hands, and he's just basically pushed the ball into the hands of the guy tackling him. Mm. You can't do that. No, no. And and just some of the throws as well. Like, I, it was a little bit tongue-in-cheek there with me saying, you know, just, you know, throws it up for the wide receivers to contest it. He is throwing into double coverage numerous times. Yeah, the and wide I'm hoping res- for the best. The wide <laughs> receivers are having to go up and contest for it because he's throwing it a yard behind them when they're in full sprint and they have to pivot and jump backwards. Yeah, it, it's, it's it's amazing. It's it it speaks a lot about how good Jefferson is in that contested catch environment, yeah. right? If yep. he can get a finger on the ball, he's got possession. I think, again, we talk a lot about the Vikings on this podcast, but that's just how it is. Um, There's been a lot of news this year out of that camp. The more that we roll out new QBs or different QBs, the more likely I think Cousins comes back because of the quality out there, right? And that filling that gap is not as easy as just like, oh, well, Cousins has passed it or he's too old or whatever. I think he... I, I think he'll get a one-year contract now. Didn't Jefferson come out and say exactly that? So he made some oh. kind of comment after the game saying, you know, he was asked about, you know, how do you feel about this result? You're losing on an interception at the end of the game. And his comment was, performances like this show you how important a guy like Kirk is to our franchise. Couldn't agree more. I mean, that's a hell of a thing to say 
for the confidence of your replacement QV. Nick Mullins won't be feeling great sitting in the shed hearing that, but it, it, it's, it's absolutely right. You, you've got to respect the football. And you, yeah. yeah. Um, back to back to Jefferson. I uh, it was looking shaky a little bit there at the start until he got that touchdown right on. I think it was half time, and it was a great catch. I was up out of my seat watching that, waiting for he didn't get a foot down or there was a flag on the play or something. But it stood. We move on. It's great. Let's go. Um, I I really was nervous starting him in in all three three teams this week. I could I've seen him getting anywhere between a five and a nine point game. Yep. And I knew that wasn't going to get me a, the, the win. If he had a score, you know, 12 or 15, I would have been, I would have probably taken that and I will take that next week. Um, but to get the 26 points, uh, just, yeah, I was like, okay, here we go. We're, we're, we're onto a win here. So yep. Couldn't, couldn't be happy about Justin Jefferson and I will keep uh, my fingers crossed next week. Uh, Max, your hero of the week, uh, in, someone good, was he? Well, I, I've I've already touched on him earlier because my first thought was Amari Cooper, but I figured that we would probably end up unpacking Amari Cooper's performance early in the pod. Um, but we could probably dwell on it for a little longer. He, <laughs> Joe Flacco, is just doing marvelous things for Amari Cooper. The guy, like Amari Cooper, this game broke the single-game receiving yard record for the Browns in their entire history, 237-plus yards through the air. It's it's the number of catches. He had something like 16 receptions. Or, something silly like that, right? That's yeah. madness. That is, yeah, yeah it's, it's not that Joe Flacco looks up, goes through his progressions, and throws to the open man. He looks up, and he throws to Amari Cooper, irrespective of what else is going on out there. And some of the catches that Cooper was making were so elite. They were, right? Those sideline ones, right? Yep. Yep. Just, yep. Yeah. I mean, a 50-point game on Christmas. Yep. It's historic. But the, the, the guy I actually um, thought probably needs mention in the heroes column, Again, and because these are really, really relevant to the to the fantasy playoffs, is Brees Hall. Yeah. Yep. Again, but, nerve starting him any every week, really. Well, it's the difference. So I l- got knocked out of my playoffs last week in my home league. Started Brees Hall. He put up two points. I lost the dynasty final this week on the back of a Brees Hall performance from my opponent because he put up forty-one. Yeah. He got that twelve part. catches for ninety-six yards. Oh. <laughs> he is he is a big game player, Brees Hall, and he has the ability to break open at any stage, but you do not see it in the consistency that you need to to be calling him a stud running back or receiving running back. Well, not yet anyway, right? No, and, and this is why I traded for him very early in the year, because when he flashes, he looks like a generational talent. But I mean, everyone's been saying all well, year, the, the, the offensive line for the Jets is so poor that you... It, you know, it, it's Zach Wilson is not a, as bad a quarterback as the media and football fans think he is. When you actually watch the Jets game, he's got defenders turning up at the same time as the football. 
they snap the ball and the defenders step straight through the offensive line and are in his face as soon as he's trying to make a move. And that that impacts on Brees Hall as well. If they're playing a game where they're trying to run the football, by the time Brees Hall's got the ball in his hands, he's already getting tackled. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. It's... <laughs> He's fun to watch. There's no, there's no doubt about it. Going back to the uh, the Zach White and uh, I guess also the Flacco thing. You know, Flacco's an old QB, right? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, looking at the Kirk Cousins thing, these new QBs that have come into the league, the Bryce Youngs and like the Zappies, or well, Zappy's been around for ages. Actually, not maybe not Zappy, but you know, these old heads have still plenty of game left in them, and for fantasy are great as well. So it's not just a, a change away from the NFL to, you know, fantasy and all that. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in these franchises and these um, organizations over the over the offseason and in which directions they, they do go. Yeah, I, I'd like to say that this year should change the way organizations think about quarterbacks, perhaps. I, I almost guarantee you that it won't because there's, there's so – the whole system is sort of set up to, to find the generational quarterback talent. But I was having this conversation the other day, yesterday, about Brock Purdy. And we'll, we'll come to him later on because he didn't have a good game. But being selected as the final pick in the draft hmm. and then going on to lead an MVP caliber season, all that says is that NFL scouts who are paid millions of dollars to evaluate players and find hmm. the next talent don't yep. know anything about quarterbacks. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if it's if there is any change that happens. It's the money that the QBs get paid, like yeah. that might start to drop because one they are dropping like flies due to injuries or whatever, and the you know next man up they roll out. I don't know. Maybe maybe that's one of the one of the changes. Oh, I mean, the Browns would be the classic case to to make that argument, right? They've got a three hundred million dollar man who played like dirt for the first half of the season and is now injured sitting on the bench. Joe Flacco was on his couch watching football when he got the call to come back and play for the Browns. And it, like, I, I don't know what he's getting paid, but it's not $300 million. Does Deshaun Watson play for the Browns next year, you think? I, I mean, they've paid the money, but do you think he actually wants to be there? I think he's got the money now. If I was Deshaun Watson, God, heaven forbid, I wouldn't want to be in the spotlight. You know, the guy has, hasn't had, he doesn't get good media attention and he shouldn't. No. Why you've been paid, you've got, is the contract fully guaranteed? It's, or it's 90, like he's getting, no matter what happens, he's getting hundreds of millions of dollars. Yeah. yeah. At that point, I, 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 I would yeah, just I don't want have the be, number in front of me, but I think it's all, it's pretty much all guaranteed. Yeah. You know. And I, th- I think that's why the Browns have to keep playing him. If they're paying him, they might as well put him on the field. Yeah. Because otherwise they're, they're paying him to watch football. Yeah. Rough, rough situation to be in. Very rough situation to be in. Alrighty, uh, Max, why don't you kick off our zeros of the week and, uh, and, and let out some, some pain if you need to? Oh, I just talked about him. Brock Purdy. Um, none of these players really affected me because I, Team Tragic's the only Lee where I'm right. left alive. But Brock Purdy sort of felt like a steal this year. He he would have he was almost undrafted or he was going in the late rounds and he's I, I haven't got the figures in front of me but he's he's something like quarterback six to eight on the year, which for a guy that you 
picked up off the waiver wire in week two is absolute money. But the trouble is you probably would have played him in your semi-final matchup this week. Yeah. And that would have had disastrous consequences. Mm. Depending on your scoring settings, he scored about four points. Yeah. He threw four of... interceptions. Yeah. The 49ers got trounced. He he basically played himself out of the MVP conversation. Uh, it was an interesting game in in how it, I guess, unfolded and... I don't know if teams are going to look at it and go, have we found a weakness here in the 49ers? Like they went on a three game losing streak in the, in the middle of the year and they were able to write the ship. Uh, look, are you, are you not starting Purdy next week? If you, if you are in a fantasy Super Bowl? I mean, it probably depends on who the, the 49ers are playing, man. I really haven't done my research, but the, the Ravens are one of the best defenses in the league. You know, if it wasn't, the fantasy playoffs, you probably look at that and say, you know, maybe I try and find somebody else on waivers to cover Brock Purdy because the Ravens are a really tough quarterback matchup. But the 49ers are so talented that you you sort of trust the talent to get you past the bad, sort of the bad defensive matchup. If they're playing anyone except the Browns next week, I think you'd probably still stick with Purdy. Yeah, they're playing the Commanders. Oh, yeah, you play. Yeah, okay then. <laughs> it's a smashed up for all uh, yeah. 49ers there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's uh, it's a hundred percent the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, good work on on that one there, uh, scheduling um, fans. Was the the NFL scheduling that one? So yeah, that's going to be a bloodbath, I think. Uh, anyway, uh, zero for me. Look, all I heard uh, all week on other podcasts and websites was about how much the matchup of the Bears versus Cardinals was an absolute smash start for Justin Fields and his number one target, DJ Moore. However, with three receptions for 18 yards and no touchdowns, scoring the low of four fantasy points for the season, uh, DJ Moore uh, was just rubbish. And I don't think all the Christmas pudding and custard in the world could get that bad taste out of your mouth because you would have been going in high. Like it's the confidence for me. That's why he's, you know, it's not so much the the four points that he scored, but the confidence you would have gone in playing him. It's the opposite to Jefferson, right? You know, I was low on confidence. I really need him to step up. How you know DJ Moore? You're like, oh, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even going to question that start. It is all go, full green light. Let's get this done. And uh, to, to come away with that, again, I, I can only imagine he's cost a, a couple of the uh, matchups there and, and missing out on a, a chance for the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah, DJ Less, right? DJ Less. That's a mm-hmm. great, that is an absolute great name. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I didn't see uh, too much of this game. Uh, did you see, did you catch much of the Bears versus Cardinals? Uh, no, I didn't. Which is a shame. I was I had Justin Fields rolled out in one of my teams, but um, yeah, I think DJ Moore went off injured for a chunk of the game. He did. So it, it's possible that when he came back, he effectively came back to run decoys. Yes, you know, to draw the defenders' attention and open up space for other guys. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably how that would have panned out. But yeah, I mean, DJ Moore's performance cost the number one seed in my league his playoff matchup. Yeah, rough rough 
yeah, uh, very sad all around. All around. All right. Well, let's uh, let's look ahead uh, to the future fantasy in week seventeen, um, and I've gone with the Lions versus Cowboys. Uh, my on again, off again love affair with the Lions continues uh, next week as they take on the Cowboys, and this on paper should be a high scoring affair with each team's offense wanting to go out and score points for fun, which. I'm going to add, you would think is the whole point of the game, but up until this season, I would argue that that's not what the NFL has ever been about. Anyway, my own Super Bowl chances and exposure to the game are limited. Uh, I am facing Aubrey, uh, the, the Dallas kicker, in two matchups. And the guy hasn't missed a single kick all year. And wouldn't it be absolutely lovely that in the fantasy Super Bowl is the perfect time to uh, to miss a couple of kicks? Uh, I'm also facing Montgomery in one league and the Tragics are facing Armon St. Brown next week. So I think this is uh, has the billing to be a huge game. I don't think it will be disappointing from the Lions side, although... The narrative this year has been that the Lions can be disappointing. Um, I'd be a little bit more worried about the Cowboys players, to be honest. I think it's going to be a pretty interesting game because Jared Goff, when he gets under pressure early in a game, can absolutely fall to pieces. We we saw that on Thanksgiving because the Packers sort of forced a couple of fumbles out of him early on, and he never really got his head right after that. And Micah Parsons is the perfect player to take Jared Goff out of his comfort zone. Mm-hmm. So if the, if the Cowboys get in his face early, it could be a very long night for Lions fans. I would, on the Dallas side, I would think you're actually pretty safe. CD Lamb should be good. I would be pretty worried about starting Tony Pollard. The Lions are such a tough run defense, and Pollard, Pollard can't run on bad run defenses. It, yeah, it's an interesting one because both sides have got great offensive weapons, but they are also really good along the defensive front. Like, it should be Sac City. Mm. Yeah, I just think for the fantasy side of things as well, uh, the Super Bowl, I think there'll be a bunch of players in these, in these teams that are going to be relevant. Uh, I think it will be an offense and defense struggle. I, it's good. It should be a good game. It should be a great game. I don't think it's prime time, uh, but I I would suggest that it probably should be. Yeah. Um, but talking about prime time, your uh, your start of the uh, sorry your future fantasy max. Uh, it's the grudge match, divisional matchup: Green Bay Packers, Minnesota Vikings. Last game of the round, prime time billing. It's got it all. It's yeah. got it all. Yep. Yeah, and it's, I mean it's got players for Africa. Obviously, Justin Jefferson, he's coming out there. You'd probably say Ty Chandler is going to be in most teams again. The Packers, if Aaron Jones is healthy, you play him. Jordan Love's healthy, you play him. Probably don't throw a dice at a Green Bay Packers. Throw a dart at a Green Bay Packers wide receiver, but yeah, I mean this this game is fantastic for fantasy. Justin Jefferson should feast because the Packers defense has been pathetic over the last three weeks we almost lost to the Panthers yes yeah yeah which is which is not great that's uh that's not what you want on uh, your end of season review right but it's exactly what you want for fantasy purposes being because if Green Bay can move the ball and score points 
and allow Minnesota to move the ball and score points, then everyone's having a great time. Yes, very much. I'm in a little bit of a quandary here, uh, Max. Uh, so this game is happening on the 1st of January, Monday. And uh, it's obviously there's a full billing of games going on for us on that Monday. Um, I will be at the tennis that day in a box enjoying the hospitality of said ASB Tennis Classic. However, I will be so heavily invested in this game (laughs) that I can see that while I have my phone on silent but keeping an eye on it, if a touchdown scores and there's a need to be quiet at the tennis, I could be ejected because I could go absolutely off. It might. I might uh, have to turn on the tennis and just yeah, wait for the um, scream of touchdown bursting into a silent tennis arena as someone's preparing to serve. Just if you hear someone screaming, Justin Jefferson, you are a god. Like that will be it'll be me. It'll be me at the tennis. So yeah, it's a, it's a. I'm so I've got so much in this game because I again I've got Jefferson in all three teams. I've got Chandler, I believe, in two of them. Uh, this this will come down to whether I win or lose a few Super Bowls. So mm-hmm. yeah. Oh gosh, it's a it's a wonderful time of the year, isn't it, Max? Uh, with all, all of this going on, it's a good game for um for real football terms too, because whoever wins this will go second in our division, yes, and probably be on track for a playoff spot. Yeah, us dropping the ball this week against the Lions uh, really hurt. Um, yeah, I, I am not confident that we'll get make the playoffs now. The Vikings, I, I think the I think the Packers have a, have a real chance. Unfortunately, this game's critical because I mean, obviously, who because both teams are currently seven and eight. So whoever wins the game goes ahead by one game in the division, but they're they will also go ahead by one game on the divisional record, which is the tiebreaker if other things mm. will even out. Yes. Um, so it's it's going to be very, very critical. And then the Vikings have to play the Lions again next week while mm. the Packers have the Bears. Yes. Yeah, so this is this is cr- this is really critical for the Vikings. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. It's a, like I said, it's a great time of the year for the NFL. They all the divisional matchups, the the playoff race gets very tight. People are clinching left, right, and center and and others are, uh, are kissing it goodbye. So it's um yeah, it's it's great. It's a fantastic time of the year. Um, Max, uh, confidence levels uh, for next week for the Tragics. What? How you how you viewing this? I mean, the guy we're playing against just played Amari Cooper, right? So I think we can confidently ish say that he won't be putting up another fifty points. Did you see the matchup that he, he dominated in? To in the semi final, he he's put up one hundred seventy six points, and yeah. his other semi finalists scored sixty seven. Yeah, what? Yeah, <laughs> he's beaten them by a hundred points. Oh my like, god! Yeah, and this is the this is the guy that uh, scored. I think was it one hundred ninety eight sometime during the season, or did he mm-hmm. actually score two hundred? He, he he broke the two hundred mark. He broke he? the two hundred, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, what a what a way to crash back down to earth. Anyway, uh, yeah, our competitor is is worthy. They he can he can score points, right? Yeah, he can. I mean, so the team that he'll be playing against us with, he's got Brock Purdy against the Commanders. So that's a smash play. Christian McCaffrey always a go. Um, he's got Isaiah Pacheco, who's running through the concussion protocol, so he might have a bit of a, a running back problem. Um, He's got Amon Ra St. Brown. He's got Amari Cooper. He's got Chris Olave. Like he's got a pretty tasty team. Um, he's also got Gabe Davis on the bench, who put up 25 this week. So hopefully. <laughs> I was really hoping this was going to be one episode. We didn't talk about Gabe Davis, but uh, yeah, he had a huge game. <laughs> oh, yeah, he really, really did. He, oh, well. Yeah. So, if any luck, um, Alex will chuck Gabe Davis back in his lineup and give us a. A little zero to play against. I mean, there's every opportunity if, uh, for Gabe Davis to give the goose egg again. So yes, yep. Yep. it's his, yep. it's his favorite thing to do. Look, I I look at our wide receiving core and I I feel good going into any game now. Correct. Like if you, it, it's not fair for one team to have Justin Jefferson and Tyree kill. But we've done it. But we've done it. Yeah. 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 No, it's. Look, I I think our team is fair because it's not like we're stacked in every position, right? Like we are absolutely stacked in wide receiver and that has happened through some savvy trades and giving away some talent at, at mm-hmm. running back and we've ended up making the right decision. It's, um, yeah, we, we are we are very lucky. And Mike Evans, is, Baker Mayfield is just always going to look his way. You know, he's, he's probably the first read. Well, all three wide receivers are the first read option, right? For those yeah, teams. It's that, that favorite target thing is so important for wide receivers. Yeah. Right, Max, anything else you want to add uh, before we wrap up this week? I, uh, I'm giddy with excitement. I've got three Super Bowls to prepare for. I'm in a very confident position. Uh, I don't really have injuries that I need to bother with. Obviously, Team Fantasy Treasure will, um, will make some uh, adjustments there. But uh, anything else you want to add? Uh, not. I mean, first of all, good luck in all your fantasy Super Bowls. I appreciate that. Thank you. Very envious um, when looking at you having something to play for heading into the final week of the year. Uh, but no, the the only other thing I was going to touch on is not football related. Uh, yes. Have you been following the Tom Curran drama in the cricket? Uh, this is the uh, the uh, he was running up and almost shoulder barged the umpire. Yes. Yes, absolute shithousery. It should be banned for the season, not just four games. I've got no time for it. Yep, I'm, I'm glad we're on the same page. I only found out about it yesterday. And the idea that the team that he's playing for is um, is trying to challenge it and saying he, he was just running past the umpire or whatever case they're trying to make, it, it, give people some credit. That's... Have, you seen, have you seen the video footage? Yeah, I've looked it up this morning. Yeah, rubbish. It... Yeah. Absolute rubbish. Like it's intimidating he's he's breaking the law you're not allowed to be on the pitch the the idea that the uh, team challenging it as well was like oh the umpire's in the wrong because he was intimidated by standing there on the popping crease and he should have walked towards him i was like give it a rest like if that's your defense like go get get rid of the whole team like i've got no time for that if an umpire is standing on the pitch and players aren't allowed on the pitch, then the umpire really isn't intimidating anybody because nobody should be anywhere near the man. Exactly. Yeah, it's really poor form. Real poor form from him. So, 
Yeah. It's very yeah. Australian behavior behavior from an Englishman. I have to say, <laughs> it's like he's come down under and picked up the vibe. <laughs> exactly. Alrighty, well that does it for another week. Uh, good luck to everyone else out there that is uh, challenging for a uh, fantasy Super Bowl, except for Alex. Um, and uh, we'll be back here next week. Always a pleasure.